Wait, so, oh. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Coffee Bean of Life. And in this episode, we actually have someone that's partially famous. So would you like to introduce yourself? <laughs> actually, very I can't say partially famous. He's like very famous. So yeah. Go no, very it. partially famous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Hi guys. Um, uh, I'm Ian and uh, yeah, I'm currently studying Raffles. Um, so, and I'm also a part, uh, part-time freelance actor. Yeah, so um, what I do... Most of the time is that uh, whenever I'm free uh, after school or during the holidays, usually I would like put some time to do acting lah. And uh, I've acted in Lion Moms, which maybe some of you are familiar with, and have watched the show before. And um, I've I acted as Winston Lian in that show, so like I've um I was a uh, one of the high achieving student who um went through a lot, of, a lot of bad stuff lah. Yeah, so it's. It's not all smooth sailing for this guy, but yeah, um, that that's for Lion Mouse and also acting Exodus, where I acted as a um this like high school kid with superpowers, and yeah, I can hear from afar, I can read people's minds, and you can you can watch it to know how it develops, uh. Yeah, so these are two shows I've been acting a lot. Then um, on the side, I've also been doing like some Channel Eight shows, the Recipe of Life, and yeah, it's it's been it's, it just keeps going up. <laughs> yeah. So um. Actually, how long have you been doing this for? Like, how did you get first get into acting? Oh, uh, I got first into acting actually through Singapore Media Academy. I think it's quite a popular track. So, like, I'm not like say like going to acting by some special way because a lot of people go through Singapore Media Academy and then like after that they select from there. And after that, um, for me it was this young talent workshop that Singapore Media Academy provided. Then I went there, and then they had these three different components. So there is like acting, singing, and dancing. I think during that competition, I won for singing, but like I was sad when I won because I wanted to win for acting. I was kind of salty when I was won for acting, but I think from there they picked me for my very first show, which was not Yo Yo, but the Chinese version. So Yo Yo Ma, and then. <laughs> Yeah, I would say that that was my very first experience. And I would say that I was thrown into the deep end because it was like, it was almost one of the hardest shoot I've ever done because I had to wear this cat costume for like hours straight and it was itchy, it was annoying, it was painful. And I had to memorize loads of lines. It's like crazy. I don't even know. Like, straight up. I think there's one day I cried because I was so stressed out. Yeah, so... Yeah, that, that's, that's how I got into acting. Lah. So my first show was really like a hosting show, not really acting per se, but like, there were some acting elements called, like, incorporated into it. So yeah, it was my very first TV debut. Lah. Then after that, um, I got to uh, know more people, then uh, took up more opportunities lah, as the years went by. Yeah. How, how so, old were you when you started this? I was... Um, how old was Prami 2? Prami 2 is 8 years old. Eight years old. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. When I was so eight, I was I was reading like site I was reading like storybooks and then Ian was here was acting. That's no like, worries. <laughs> I'll okay. still reading Geronimo Stilton, it's not <laughs> I'm not <laughs> in this way. So yeah. in a way you were like the original cat boy. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you have to say that? But I yeah, thought like, like Ian gave this like hyper like, introduction like, and then somebody just says you're the original cat boy. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah. what got you enrolled into like the Singapore Media Academy or uh, the oh. talent program? Like, was your parents wanted you to do it, or you were like, oh, I want to go for that? I think 
why they even sent me to Singapore Media Academy in the first place was to improve my oral skills. Mm. No, not like oral examination skills. So, <laughs> so uh, thank you for the clarification. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. So, uh, <laughs> so like they wanted to improve my Chinese oral skills. So like they kind of wanted me to train up my confidence and stuff like that. So the way they approach it is not very like exam based. A lot of like use drama and um, like acting and performing as a way of building confidence. So like it kind of that's that's the way they approached it lah. Then after that, like when they chose me for an opportunity, like oh okay, I think. It's a, it's a good exposure and I want to try it out. And then that became my hobby. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Okay. Uh, I guess, so, I mean, obviously you've been doing this for a really young age, but I was just curious, like, I mean, like, it's not easy being an actor. I wanted to know, like, how has your family, like, kind of supported you throughout this? Because, you know, I mean, I see, like, stuff like your Instagram feed and stuff like that, which mm -hmm. is, like, run by your dad, I believe. And then um, it seems to be, well, I mean, you post a lot of things regarding your family. It seems to be a very, like, loving and, you know, happy family. Like, what, is, what have your parents done to support you, like, throughout this this journey? Oh, I think they've done a lot, a lot to support me because um, while you see the acting bit, there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes, including negotiations for, like, certain, like, what's the rate they're paying, uh, including, like, talking about uh, the schedules and all that. Sometimes, uh, especially the schedules bit, like it's a pain in the ass when you try to arrange schedules for students because students have CCA enrichment activities, normal school hours, and like Saturday trainings and all that kind of stuff. So like, uh, I really want to thank my family for really helping me to like kind of like sort out the schedules. So we always have my dad's always been like very careful in making sure that my dates don't clash with filming dates. So like he will make sure that certain things are being ironed out and cleared out so that I make sure that there's no clash between the dates like that that's really something that my dad's very proactive in helping me out and um he also helps me with like in terms of the social media like bit actually uh you have to face it like, a lot of the showbiz industry is very focused on how your your um reach on social media and it kind of it's it's, it's a mutual benefit kind of thing you help the film the you, you're also helping the film to kind of promote like uh promote it as well so um my dad has always been very proactive in kind of helping me to um keep up the social media so that it's con there's consistent exposure and also that people who watch it people who see it and um can also can like see what's going on in my life like i'm not just like an actor but also this parts of family my schooling and all that kind of stuff and one more thing that's very important is that my dad actually helps me take a lot of pictures and pictures are very important because they kind of document behind the scenes or what's happening on set and these are very important memories that, that we like to keep even for an actor for myself in the future when i want to look back or even as a way of promoting the, the thing that i'm acting the, the show that i'm acting in yeah so but like my, my dad is very like he's very proactive in seeing like just things that the industry needs that sometimes i don't see because i'm very focused on just acting the role out but all these other aspects is something that my dad really helps me out in it uh Help, help me out in managing that. Yeah. Yeah. On, on the point about social media, right? How does mm. it impact your life that there's such like high visibility in terms of the number of people who can see you and find out about your life? Because obviously there are certain personal things that you also mention on the on your Instagram account, the public mm -hmm. one. And how does it impact um, your life in a way, like positively or negatively? I think um, 
for a while it kind of affected me because it felt like my identity was being um forced because uh when you have like, a public persona then it's like oh this is how i should be like and uh i was a bit concerned about that but i think as i grew up i kind of realized that um who i am is not defined by whatever i put on instagram or like who or whatever people say about me is not who i am so uh, it kind of um it was an i would say that it's like a negative impact that kind of pushed me to grow in a sense because like you you kind of see that oh it's a very uh like people are watching you and all that kind of stuff but and for me it, it kind of just made me like hold myself to higher standards like firstly on how i how i communicate with others or so but more than that it also made me realize like i need to be secure myself even if, yeah. if i were to even like reach out to others uh clear my own values clear my own uh the way i want to portray myself and that um i need to stand by these values when i'm dealing with people because you, it's, it's quite obvious like, when you are flippant about your values and you start to falter many bad things can happen so yeah. but i wouldn't say that the consequence is that big for me like, i'm not like a huge celebrity <laughs> but as in it's just um these like just small little lessons that i try to pick up along the way like, and like from this having a little bit more of a reach and having an audience to communicate with i think that was uh, it really helped me to kind of build my own security in myself and definitely there there will be a delineation between things that i put online and things that are in my personal life like for example like uh, we don't just openly share family struggles online because definitely these are more personal things we like to sh- uh, settle on like a private basis but it'll be something that joyful something that we think that other people might uh, enjoy seeing as well then definitely we like to share the joy and that's something that uh me and my my dad always like to do lah. like to always yeah. positiveness and we always like to share a lot of food because that's my family's passion we always post a lot of food yeah so, yeah so yeah i think all in all it's um a bit of, of a pressure to kind of maintain that online persona but i think as i grew up it like kind of just made me realize that um to be secure of myself yeah that uh, to know who I really am first, and then after that, uh, to share this uh, view that I have or like the joys I have in my life. Yeah. Kind of wondering, right? We we're kind of talking about like um, how you started at a really young age. I think something I'm curious to learn is as kind of um, you know an actor who's kind of entering adulthood, you know, quite soon. You know, how do you think you've kind of like evolved as an actor from starting as like a cat? To um <laughs> taking on more <laughs> sorry that's not well phrase to taking on more like developed and mature roles how do you think like you as an actor have developed in that sense? Well, honestly, um, the roles that I take on right were not exactly like like I wasn't exactly older than any like because okay the role I act is usually my current age or usually younger but um the only time that I really acted as an age that was like above my current maturity level was maybe for tribes where i was sec four and i acted as a g1 student so that bit um i think it just um like it i think as an actor it just maybe kind of try and consider a bit more of the complexity of the emotion so usually uh actors their actions are motivated by like there's there's motivations behind an action so a lot of times there's 
uh, when you're younger, right, like, it's very simple. You're happy, then you, oh, yeah, like, rejoice and stuff. But when you are older and insecurities, like, start to kick in, when there is more of um, family, childhood, and, like, um, traumas, and maybe even um, uh, relationship issues, these things are more complex and nuanced. So kind of needing to break it down, I think that was really what shaped me as to like push me to become a better actor like, because um, to really put myself in the person's situation to see what are the elements that really make him feel a certain way and portray it. I think that was how, how as an actor, like I kind of developed the skill. Like. But okay, I say like I break it down like so detailed, but honestly, right, I just sit down there and then, or how I feel as him. <laughs> it just comes together. Like. But like it's not it's not see something that's super super like a Hollywood breakdown kind of thing. But I just so sometimes I just draw from my own experiences. Sometimes I kind of like look into him, the character and what he's going through. And I just do my best uh, whatever I can to try and connect with the connect with the character as much as I can. Yeah. I don't know if that answered your question. <laughs> I think yeah, I think it did. I think it did. yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm wondering, right? Are there any roles that you think were particularly like integral in like um either challenging you or like shaping you as an actor? Oh, um, I think I I definitely say Lion Moms are because the DSA uh, scene. Yeah, like the DSA scene was one of the most. Um, I think I I wanted to push myself to do as best as I could for that scene because. Mm. I knew that it had to be a impactful turning point or like an impactful moment for the season. So, um, what really made it so? What I felt like was so unique to me was the whole. Uh, it was very constructed in a sense, like it was very, um, the whole filming of it, the whole acting of it was very constructed. Like the whole idea of him, the 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 talk between him trying to impress the interviewers at the same time trying to suppress his own um like need to vent out his anger against the system for what he has done to my best friend i think that tussle was the most um difficult one to actually portray and i think because from, from young right, i couldn't really cry i feel like my friend taught me that oh if you open your eyes long enough can you start crying and i'm like oh <laughs> and then, it works it works yeah, that day, right, you can see me, like, literally trying to hold my eyes open. <laughs> it, like, was the most intense kind of thing. So, like, like it looks like I was super intense in my interview. Or I was just straight up trying to open my eyes long enough so I can cry. <laughs> that was how I was, like, the whole scene was just um about timing. Like, the whole, mm. I was, it was, we rehearsed it a lot. So, mm. rehearsed trying to practice that scene. Um, and for me, it was a really good breakthrough because it was such a emotionally charged scene that was something that I've never done before. And also, um, it was very, um, like, it, it had, like, such a tension that was so s strong that, like, even, like, I, I, I couldn't... It was, like, um, it was a tension so strong that I, like, never really felt before. Yeah. Mm. So it was really one of the most memorable scenes for me. Yeah. Yeah. A funny story about Lion Mom season two, right? Yeah. Because uh, 
there was nothing on TV, so I switched to Channel 5 and Lion mm -hmm. Moms was on. And yeah. it struck me as one of the better shows on Singaporean TV. Oh. And uh, and Ian was obviously playing Winston Lee and he was trying to get mm -hmm. into RI, right? And he was mm -hmm. this high achiever student. Mm -hmm. And I posted a Snapchat story, which was like, oh, wow, this person is playing a student, a high achieving student aspiring to get to raffles. I'm sure he wouldn't get in if he was like a real student. And Ian's classmate saw it and was like, is that Ian Tang? He's my <laughs> classmate. And this is like two. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then Ian was in the same interview as me for some Ra thing. So I was like, oh, my, okay. So this is a real person. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Ian. But yeah. Oh my gosh. Ouch. <laughs> okay, but <laughs> speaking of like developing as a person, isn't something brought to the point of high achieving? Like, You've done a lot of things in like school, so I was wondering like how you manage everything. Cause like even though I'm, I don't really know you very well, right? But I remember that like in year three and four, you had like a very mm -hmm. packed schedule. Like I know you were from like like the prefectural board and you were in a sporty and stuff, but also being in a rock class. So like, how do you mm -hmm. like manage all of that? Like I I like combust at the top of the anything more than normal cats like half the time. So, um, yeah. I don't play computer games. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when people tell me that they're playing like Vainglory or like Valorant or, or like Minecraft, like I, I knew none of that. Like straight up. I don't think I can even get past like I could even mine a diamond at that time. So uh, uh, I think I was just I I never really like put myself into uh <laughs> put into myself into gaming like that bit, which is like something that I think a lot of my Hits a lot of the students like which we're doing, and um, I think uh, a lot of leisure time was cut. Uh, that, that, that I feel like people the time that people spend watching YouTube, I would have spent it on uh, reading my scripts and stuff like that. And like, I think I would say that I had to do revision on the go as well. Like, I had to bring my notes to set and like read it on set, yeah, but. It was quite ineffective because I might just end up sleeping. Uh. But I think it, it, it was a lot of... Uh, I think it was a sacrifice in the sense that I, uh, there were times I really felt like deprived, socially deprived. Like I didn't have time to really hang out with my friends. And um, uh, in like a lot of... And if it was during exam periods, I really had to get myself down to uh, grinding the work. like And on set, and when like, whatever time I didn't have... Uh, that I wasn't filming, I really had to use it to study, and it's like non-stop grinder. So yeah, that was that was a tough bit, lah. Yeah, but I think at the same time, like the people that are on set, they're also very hardworking. So like when they study, also also study, lah. So it's like not that it's not say like completely everyone's distracting each other. And uh, I I also in terms of like socializing bit, like even on set also I really make good friends. So like uh yeah it's it's. It's a good balance, uh, I would say. Yeah. yeah. Matthew, right? As a follow-up, right? Like, if you could change one thing that you have done in like last four years to make your life easier, what would have? What would it have been? Make my life easier. Yeah. Maybe don't get alright. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been right then. <laughs> um. Maybe um, one thing that would have dropped. Um. What is tough? Uh. I think that, wow, oh, crap, man. I don't know how to say this. Um, 
It could just be. It doesn't have to be something you can drop. It could just be like a habit that you would have changed, or like something you would have done differently. A habit I would have changed. Yeah. Um. Just an example. Tough question. Maybe. Oh, maybe I would definitely have stopped. Uh, last minute crying because mm. a lot of times that I was filming, right? Like especially in sec three, uh, when it's like the NYCTs. I, like the mid-year CTs and I got very stressed out also because of filming as one and like usually when it's filming I only have like left two weeks before the exam to revise and the thing is that I'm a last minute crammer kind of guy like I don't I don't plan like timetables because like I always feel that my schedule can always change no no like, what's the point of putting a timetable if my schedule is going to change so I that but like it has this like that really bad downsides also because I would have I would cram like work in the last minute and like regular revision is not really my thing so i would really struggle with like trying to catch up so if i were to change one thing i would definitely have tried to like make sure i build the proper habit of revising my work and make it consistent lah, so i don't have to cram at the end of the end of the like end of the revision period yeah but actually having sat beside ian for some classes and also like actually seeing how he is on set he has amazing work ethic. Like, honestly, the dedication that you show, despite having such a packed schedule and having so many things to do, is really, like, amazing. And, oh. yeah, and I'm very proud of you. Oh, thank, you. thank you, thank you. Uh, wow. <laughs> that, I mean, the, practice, the only thing I remember of me doing on set is just, like, dancing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. Thank you. Really uh, actually to give like the listeners who like i think most of us are not familiar with like what kind of work actors do or people who are on set do can you give us like like a brief summary maybe of like what what is a timetable like if you're filming what does your timetable actually look like like if- um, in fact there is a timetable for filming but <laughs> call sheets so but okay, what, what we do basically is that uh call sheets are basically like a schedule of everyone and all the cast and crew who needs to be there at what time. So usually, if my reporting time is, is a full day shoot, for example, my reporting time will usually be about 7 to 8. So I go to set, eat breakfast. Then after that, uh, the first half an hour, just eat breakfast. Then the second half an hour will be makeup, then change, makeup and change. And then after that, uh, we'll do blocking. So uh, after that, we'll, be, we'll just start filming straight away. Um, usually what happens is when we are filming, the scene starts with the director running through the scene with us first. So what he'll do is he'll run through maybe what emotions is necessary, um, what uh what are the positions we have to take in the shot. And then after that, they'll after we're done with the rehearsals, what they do is that they'll clear out all the actors and the makeup. Then after that, they'll get all the lights in because some scenes they'll need certain lighting and adjusted properly. And when you have equipment moving around, it's very difficult with a lot of people standing around. So they'll clear out the set, get people, the crew to move in, move the lights in. And then after that, uh, we just start rolling straight away. Like, yeah, so that's that will be how it flows for the scene. Then after that, they'll take different shots. So usually what they go with is a wide shot where they take um, all the people, all the cast in one shot, as well as its interaction with the environment. Then after that, they'll go into the um, a mid shot where maybe it's around waist level, a little bit more closer, but a more neutral kind of position. Then after that, they'll go into close-ups where they kind of capture the individual reactions and all that. So 
it that's the usual flow of how the scene will go. Then after that, it just keeps repeating. And then if, for example, I'm not in that scene, then I'll just spend my time waiting or doing my homework or sleeping. Yeah, so that's that's usually what that's usually the flow of the day. La. So if it's a full day shoot, it will end around six plus seven. Then I'll I'll go home and rest. Yeah. So that that will be like a normal full day shoot. La. Yeah. And it's like say, I mean actually uh if like if you're doing it during the holidays, how many days does it last? Uh it really depends on how like how important the character was. Like for me, like for Lion Mums, uh it was like maybe around oh, I, I think it was around thirty days. So but thirty days spread across two months, lah. So let's not say like jam packed. So like uh thirty days of shoot for that season and yeah, it was it was that that like for that show it was really quite quite tiring like, quite taxing. Yeah, so that was that's about how how much I'll film. But if it's during the school days, usually they'll try not to film too many days. Usually, like maybe once a week like, after school, they need me to come down and do a scene. And yeah, that that will be the plan. Yeah, otherwise we utilize the weekends. The weekends sometimes can be full day shoots, half day shoots, depending on my schedule. Yeah. Mm. Actually, um, well, I mean, obviously, continuing now into JC, like, have you had to scale? Oh, I, I mean, I suppose the JC workload is uh, more intense, but have you had to scale back, like, your kind of acting commitments so far? Uh, in fact, I'm scaling back now as I'm gearing up for A levels. Like, last year, I don't think I scaled back a lot because um, I still have filming, like, two weeks before promos. You know, one week before promos. Oh, wait, no, I, like, one day before the GP paper, I was still filming. <laughs> so that was last year. Probably. But like, it was GP, so like, I couldn't really study that much on GP. So true, true. I could even read the examples. So like, yeah, I think that, so last year I kept like, going still, and like, did X losers and uh, and uh, Recipe of Life, which was uh, the Chinese show, that where I acted as the young of Chen Han Wei. So, yeah, it was last year was quite normal, but this year we're really cutting back on the amount of opportunities I'm taking because um after nine months is over, which I think should be finishing soon, um we'll probably be stopping like my involvement already at, at max it could be maybe just two three day shoots, but we'll probably not want to take up anything long form or long term or like intense where like if I would be be cast for main character. You probably won't take that kind of roles or at this time. Yeah. What kind of different that you're doing now, right? Or which you've been doing, which is um directing. I want to talk about that because we're both in PHP, right? And yeah. I've kind of seen snippets of your films. Mm. Um and, and your script, which is really cool. And mm. I kind of I think we were wondering like what for you was um kind of uh, the difference, I guess, between directing and acting and how was it like directing your first film? Yeah. Actually, before that, wait. Actually, before that, can we describe to those who don't know what the film yeah, is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and well, what we like short and you want to introduce your, your short okay. film first? Sure, sure. Um, okay, so um, actually, I should just say it as a story how it happened. So, like, <laughs> we, um, Top, which is like one of my close friends, he actually sent me this um, opportunity for Singapore Mental Health Film Festival uh, short film youth competition. So, this was a competition on mental health and like i've always wanted to do a short film on suicide prevention like, i've always thought like what would i what story would i tell and um 
then when he gave me the opportunity, it was like, oh, perfect time because I was really thinking about it. So, um, at first, um, it, I was thinking that because the PHP had their own project, I wouldn't be able to manage a PHP project together with the short film project. So I was thinking, okay, maybe I might not do the short film. But then when the teacher in charge actually said, oh, this short film project will actually be, can be part of your PHP project. Oh, that's perfect. Like, it's like we married the two together. So what we did was um, we kind of participated in this short film competition and we just, uh, we kind of formed a team and then we came out with a short film on suicide prevention. It's called I Can't. So um, the whole idea of the, 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 the film is essentially about, uh, like, tells a story of like a JC student who is faces the pressures from multi, multiple different and kind of um, we tell the story through his mind journal whereby the thoughts kind of manifest in different arts, like different art and like forms. So it was a lot of a, it's kind of abstract kind of thing. So what we kind of do is like marry the, the abstract elements into real life concepts. So real life um, struggles in school, real life struggles with friends, real life struggles with our family. So that, that was kind of what the film tried to do. La. So, um, wait, I, yeah, so that, that so the film was called I Can't, and we submitted it for the short film competition, and we were uh, shortlisted for top 10. Yeah, so that was a huge surprise to all of us. Yeah. So, I just go straight to Justin's question. Hmm. All right, Ken? so like, actually, right, since you talked about your short film and stuff, like mm-hmm. I was wondering, like, like you do a lot of volunteering and stuff, right? Like, has there mm-hmm. anything like has there ever been a point where like you have like sort of used what you've learned in acting and like your experiences in volunteering and like how is that shaped you as a person overall? Like, do you think and there's like an overlap between like what you have to do for acting and volunteering? I think definitely. Um, one key element of acting and volunteering that's in that's very in common is empathy because um there's a strong uh, need for empathy in the acting industry when you are sinking yourself into a certain person's role because if you're unable to empathize with your character you definitely cannot pull it off as authentic as the, the screenwriters will want you to so um i think empathy was super super key in that sense because uh it helped me to uh, put myself in another person's shoes and it also worked for volunteering because when you're volunteering you need to have you cannot volunteer with a cohort. You definitely need to understand what's your, what do you, what do your, what do your partners need? Like, what do they need? Like, are they struggling in a certain way? How can you better support them? Or uh, and it helps also in terms of interpersonal skills when you're like trying to work with them and like, uh, find out what they need, what they want, and then after that, uh, what what's the best way they can support them? Like, and talk to them as well. So it was very very key in a sense for both aspects, and I think acting has really really trained my ability to empathize because when the more that I think about a certain role, the more I think about their struggles and these struggles are not like, like something that's constructed It's very real life struggles that can really help me also connect with people who have different experiences from mine. So yeah, it was a very, very key skill for me, empathy. And yeah, I think that, that that's what kind of like helped me marry the two together, volunteering and acting. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. It's okay for you because I should cut all my questions. <laughs> anyway, right. Um, I, 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 I did want to kind of like follow up on what you're saying about your directing experience with kind of like asking like basically 
I think it's kind of connected to what you were saying about empathy and like kind mm -hmm. of like fun, um, helping people, supporting people, because in many ways, the directorial role is very much also um, supportive in that sense. But I wanted to kind of, um, yeah, find out how you thought directing was, you know, especially it being your first directorial outing and how that compared with like acting. Yeah. Oh, how I thought. Mm. I think the scariest thing was just directing adults. <laughs> it's so strange. Like, it's just so weird, like, having to direct adults. Because, um, like, for example, my the the film, the guy that acting as my uh, as the as a dad of the main character, uh, he's actually a freelance actor himself. So he was really nice. It was really nice of him to kind of uh, come down and help us out. Uh, he's my friend, lah. So uh, he was he was really nice to come down and help us out. But to really like kind of communicate with him, uh, what he, what I what I was looking for. But at the same time, also him asking me what did I mean by certain lines of the film. It kind of it made me need to think uh, very carefully, like to make sure that the motivations, the the rhythm and all that was perfect for that scene. So, um, for me, I think what I what really distinguished directing from acting is the is the ability to see things from a different point of view. Because when you're acting, all you focus on is your your as in you you kind of see it from your own point of view how you interact with other characters, how you feel on the inside. But when you're directing, you're looking at an image kind of thing so you're looking at how certain things play out so there's a lot of consideration on how certain things should be placed how certain things should look like for example uh, the house that we used we just strip down all the furniture all the pictures and all that to give the ambience of like a cold hearted kind of uh family kind of thing so there was um a lot of consideration went into what is inside the frame rather than just who I'm acting as, so yeah, that was that was the bit that really required a lot of consideration. That's beyond just acting, and it also made me to see like the persons for my co-actors their their emotions. Is this what I want? as like uh that that overall effect. Uh, that that's something that I don't really think about when I'm acting because when I'm acting, I I just focus on my own role. But when you're directing, you need to see the bigger picture. And you need to see how someone else is acting and whether that acting is uh complements the whole mood of the film the whole mood of that scene so yeah it was a lot a lot to think about and like i can't say that i did it perfectly at all because it's like my first directing thing but like um it's it was so um kind of like i i i don't even know it was like very very strange but uh i just did whatever i can and tried to um, capture as much of the emotion that I was trying to target for in the, in the short film. Blah. So yeah, it was uh, very, very eh, like very, very strange. I was put off my comfort zone, definitely. And like, I it's like um, seeing myself in a like seeing, seeing everything in a different light. Blah. Yeah. Honestly, I think like the the mental health movie you're doing is like mm -hmm. super meaningful and one of the best ways you can give back all mm -hmm. from all the skills you've taken away from mm -hmm. your experience many years acting right? right so ian like obviously you are studying and you have a levels now right so yeah. what's next for you do you intend to pursue acting as a full-time thing or is it just like this passion side project and you have like other aims for your life 
right now I'm really, really in like a dilemma. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm in dilemma phase right now. So like different phases. Like sometimes I was like, okay, I'm gonna do acting, but sometimes I was like, mm. okay, I think I should focus on my studies. But now I'm in a dilemma. And like it's still relevant now just to think about a career options. So um for me, I really can't give you a direct answer right now. So I'll say that you have to still think about it. But <laughs> I think what I want to do now is really focus on my A-levels first to make mm. sure that um, I get uh, the best score that I can for that first. Because yeah. um, if that, um, if say that the academics, like all my years of studying has been good so far, it's important that I end it well with the A-levels. So I think um, my focus right now would really be on acing the A-levels first, and then after that, I'll start considering uh, what possible career options I can take. La. So yeah, um, really, uh, I can't give you an answer. I guess you have to stay tuned to my show, <laughs> my live show. <laughs> so yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, and I, I, look, I look forward to what's going to happen in the future, and um, in the meantime, it's really just focusing on getting whatever, I can, uh, doing well for my A-levels. La. Yeah. Well, Good luck to you, and I'm sure you'll do really well. Can you tell our listeners where they can find you on social media and any new shows you'll be involved in? Sure, sure. Uh, you can find me on Ian's underscore montage. So, like, I E N S underscore M O N T A G E. And yeah, um, there you can find like a lot of the updates and like the shows that's coming up. In fact, um, okay, I don't know when you're going to screen this, but um, on Sunday, like 10 30 uh, to 11, it's actually showing. Uh, Rock Republic, which is one of the like, your really really old shows that I was acting in, and from oh. that's on channel that's on channel eight, and from eleven to eleven thirty, you'll be showing um, X Losers season four, which is the newest season that just came out, and you can find it on channel five. Also on channel five, more much lah. So yeah, channel five. So uh, yeah, if you like to catch like the shows that are coming up, these are the shows that I've been um filming for in the past year, and yeah, it's I I, I watched the first episode of X Losers, and it was really really entertaining. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, to watch a Chinese show, I will learn Chinese in the coming week. But, <laughs> but also, Ian, where's the um the film that you directed going to be screened? I understand that was shortlisted for the the competition. Hmm. Okay. Um. That one, right? Is like currently under, um, because we just submitted it for the short film. But there come mm. some strict rules on how we can distribute it. So, um, right now it's not open for everyone to watch it, but. Uh, once you get a green light, you will definitely spread it. La. So yeah. what we're doing now is we're waiting for the results. Uh, we're kind of waiting for them to um, tell us who's the winner of the overall film, uh, audience choice and all that, and to kind of um, uh, wrap up the competition. La. So once you wrap up the competition and we get a green light to share the film with everyone else, we'll definitely open it up. And yeah, y'all can put it on the podcast website. Sounds great. <laughs> Thank you. Alright, I think we have had like honestly a really solid discussion. So thank you for coming on to do this, right? And before we end, right, like if there was one thing you could tell yourself from like when you first started acting, what would it be? Like I feel like as kids, right, like when we're older, we always want like I feel like it would be really cool if you could like talk back to like our younger selves. So if there was one thing you could tell your younger self, what would it be? I'll be like What's up, homie? <laughs> 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 um uh stay cool. <laughs> yeah, stay um, sure. stay cool. um and yeah, but I don't know what I'm telling you. 
I'll just be totally awkward with him, bro. I'll be like, <laughs> you all play Minecraft. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <what> I mean, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Um, I, I probably will just um say to him that uh just keep going and like um let um let nature take its course. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> All right, thank you so much for coming <laughs> over, Ian. Like, I feel like our audience is really going to enjoy this episode. And yeah, thanks for taking the time to do this. So anyway, I'll be leaving anything thank that Ian wants me to in the description. Thank you guys for listening to this podcast and see you all for the next episode. We love you, all Ian. Right. <laughs> thank you, guys, everyone. Thanks for listening.